Good morning. I'm going to talk to you today about a controversial subject. My ask from you is that you watch this segment as if you've never turned on CNN, Fox News, or the mainstream media. And what I will offer you is my perspective on COVID as a former data analyst and a fellow concerned citizen. My stepfather passed away at 60 years old last week. And now the elephant in the room. How did he die? Did he die of COVID? Was it unrelated? I'd like to know the truth. And I, as a citizen, expect the answer to those questions to be accurately reported by the state's medical institution for the sake of helping our country out of this pandemic. This shouldn't be a difficult thing to do. Assuming the person who died is COVID positive, we can use the autopsy results to flag the cause of death as one of three things. Caused by COVID, where the evidence is obvious. Unrelated to COVID, where the evidence is obvious that it wasn't, such as traumatic accidents, homicides, suicides, etc. And comorbidities, which gives us the benefit of the doubt that pre-existing illnesses, conditions, or diseases were made worse by COVID. If CNN and Fox News and the CDC would give us these numbers, as opposed to a singular COVID-positive people who have died, well, that would be actual, honest, accurate, and unbiased reporting. But this isn't what we're seeing. What we're seeing instead is data analytics amateur hour. It's bad reporting, it's inaccurate, it's misleading. Perhaps most importantly, it conflates fear and well-meaning people, people who are just trying to keep their families safe and trusting that their government will be transparent about the true mortality rate of this virus. This is not denying COVID. This isn't stating that there is a conspiracy. Let me explain. In the days before COVID, this is how hospitals tracked death. If you were an individual that had a heart attack and died, and during your autopsy, they found out that you had a virus in your system, even if the coroner determined that that virus could have in some way made you more susceptible to triggering pre-existing conditions that led to the heart attack, the cause of death on your death certificate would still say heart attack, not the flu, not a virus. The flu would be, or a virus in general, would be considered a potential comorbidity and accurately recorded as such. However, it would not be recorded as the cause of the death. That's the historical precedence. The reason I'm explaining this is because that's not how COVID deaths are being captured. If we captured deaths caused by the flu in this all-inclusive way, you would see astronomical numbers of death caused by the flu every year because we'd be counting every person out there who dies and has a trace of the flu in their system as killed by the flu. If that sounds stupid to you, that's because it is. That's why we don't do that for the flu or any other virus. Just because COVID has the potential to be deadly, that doesn't mean we change the fundamental rules on how medical institutions track death. I'll be very clear here. I do understand the philosophy that reporting deaths this way 
signals that we'd rather err on the side of caution to clearly emphasize to the public that people really do die from this virus. It's real. If I found out my stepfather indeed died because of COVID or for reasons where COVID was related, I would absolutely ask that his case be counted and the public know about it. However, if the coroner told me he was COVID positive but died for unrelated reasons, I would never ever say, well, let's just count that as COVID. That way the public knows how dangerous COVID is. Not only is that terrible logic, it would be unethical and a lie. As we roll into our third year of this virus, there's no need for spin. There's no need for data manipulation. If we continue to count every human being who dies with COVID in their system as a COVID death and continue to pump out those numbers on CNN, on Fox, from the CDC, then we will continue to divide our country. We will continue the widespread erosion of trust in the science and healthcare institutions, not to mention our own state and federal government. I'd love to hear what you think. Good evening. In my previous speech, I directly addressed the dangerously misleading data around COVID deaths. I talked about the fraudulent misrepresentation and completely unethical manipulation of data measuring COVID casualties in America. I spoke on this subject from the expertise of having a professional background in data analytics and as a fellow concerned citizen who's now been placed in the position of having to blow the whistle on this deception. Please allow me to provide some background. In the early years of my career, I learned that data is an impartial concept, similar to math. It's a conceptual tool created for stating objective truths in an agreed upon language. To put it simply, data is raw information without any stories. One of the essential truths when working with data is that in order to make a fair and relevant interpretation of the information, AKA the storytelling or creating a narrative, that can be done if and only if the underlying information is subject to some standard of agreed upon language, governance, and integrity. If these truths don't exist, interpretations pulled from that data would never ever be usable in any real-world professional setting. Here's an easy-to-understand example of how important data governance and data integrity are. Let's say you're a small business owner and you're gathering information to help promote your business. You want to position your store as a popular destination, so you analyze the numbers on how many customers you had last month. Now, because you already know the narrative that you want to communicate 
you could then choose a number of different ways to collect and share data that supports your narrative, whether the data truly supports your narrative or not. For example, why not collect this information by watching the security footage at the entrance of your stores and count every individual that comes in the door? Well, when you account for the fact that families and friends often shop together, while other people enter and eventually exit without buying anything at all, how would those points of data compare to the number of transactions at the cash register? If you're counting one way and I'm counting another way, suddenly the number of customers starts to become a matter of opinion. How the number is calculated and who falls into the calculation depends on who you ask. This all happens because the definition of a customer was never agreed upon between us. That's the aspect of common language and governance. Along with the lack of transparency on the calculation methods, you can see that this data is nothing but smoke and mirrors. Poor data integrity is at the very least misleading. In the context of a nation trying to quantify risks associated with a deadly virus, it's horribly reckless. Hopefully you can see from that simple example, a statement such as backed by data can still be highly inaccurate and in some cases intentionally misleading. As I watch our mainstream media outlets and trusted public officials mishandle COVID data this egregiously, it's obvious that this is not accidental. They know what they're doing and they should be ashamed. These exact methods of data manipulation have been used in propaganda campaigns since the beginning of politics. I'd like to thank you for having an open mind and being patient while I use the word data over 20 times in this speech. I realize this subject may not be as sensational as the mainstream news outlet stories. That's because I'm not trying to sell you anything or to get you to come back after the commercial or tune in tomorrow night. I'm just a data nerd who's been watching CNN, the CDC, Fox News, and even the White House completely botch the collection, interpretation, and communication of this extremely important information. I'd love to hear what you think.